Hello again. Here we are. I'm sitting at my door. The sun is shining. Looking at trees. The cats are sleeping. Husband is actually out fishing for speckled trout. It's a beautiful day. I just finished doing another basic class on ancient lightness. Great one. I'll try to get it up soon. Also, I have another podcast of a young lady, Stephanie Boylinger, who is one of my spiritual children. She attempted suicide eight years ago with a gun to her head, and now she's legally blind. And I'm helping her to host her podcast, her YouTubes, and help her send her on her way so she can do it all herself. But right now, we're going through Isaiah 61. And this is another global teleministry video with Pastor Deborah. I do get asked and emailed questions for teaching and help. People are struggling with all kinds of issues, I guess. And they don't know. Now, excuse me, my nose and allergies are running today. But... As we work through Isaiah 61 and 62, these were the two uh, prophetic scriptures that I stayed on that helped me to understand God, His purposes, Christ Jesus and what He came to do, helped me to understand myself, how I was to help people the Lord's way, what my purpose was. I had to have a clear understanding first of what the heart of the Father was. I actually have something on the website. I think it's in the uh, Prayer and Fasting, Volume 1. It's called The Heart of the Father, The Prophetic Words, and it is Isaiah 61 and 62. When you study it, you follow the Scripture references out, you get a much better and deeper and richer picture of what the Father was doing, is doing, has done, and will continue to do, and why a word was sent that's still here on planet Earth. A lot of Christ that are carrying it. But let's read. We're in Isaiah 61. We're just now starting verse 2. We learn that the Spirit of the Lord is upon this Christ, this spiritual being, this Word, because it had certain things to do. Now we're going to learn a little bit more about what was going to happen and why, and get a little deeper picture of the war that lay ahead. Isaiah 61, verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That's always where you start. Now, verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Excuse me again. Oh, these allergies. And... The day of vengeance. Now how I would read that. Is I would go like this. To spiritually proclaim. The spiritual acceptable 
year of the Lord and the spiritual day of his spiritual vengeance of our God and to spiritually comfort all that mourn. I had to learn early on to help me spiritually understand. I had to put that word spiritual, spiritually, in front of all the scriptures. Because it forced me to take it into that realm. So I would understand. Now what happens is, we learn that the Spirit of the Lord is at work. And it was upon me, the word that was inside upon the Holy Spirit it was going to do some things we've already talked about the other things it had proclaimed and it was going to speak but this one it's going to proclaim it's going to declare and announce the acceptable year of the Lord so out of eternity where there is no years no ages no time this word this anointed word of the Spirit of the Lord step down to earth into time itself became a time and age that something was going to happen the fullness of time had come on earth and out of eternity came the Spirit of the Lord God on something God had decided Remember, we were told back in Genesis there was a promise, a prophecy that God himself spoke to Lucifer who had become Satan, who was inside a serpent, and said, Because you have deceived and bewitched the helpmate woman, and you have caused Adam to disobey me, I am going to bring a seed out of that woman and that seed is going to crush your head which meant authority oh but you will bruise his heel alright excuse me but he going to crush your authority so the prophecy had been set that Satan knew somebody was coming that sometime in the future something was going to happen bad to him so all throughout the ages and the long times of legends and myths the serpent was watching he watched everyone that came through a woman every baby maybe that's the one he would kill babies throw them off cliffs he didn't know when or who so he lived in great torment but time went by he had killed something nothing changed killed the babies aborted nothing changed Whew. that one wasn't the one he didn't know who it would be he didn't know which woman would bring it he didn't know when this fullness this age this acceptable year this time would come can you imagine the stress of that but God knew he had to wait for everything to be in place. He had to wait for all the characters once again to be on planet Earth. 
And the verse goes on and says, And the day, that means time, of spiritual vengeance of our God. Well, who was going to be the, get that spiritual, Satan and all the fallen angels. They were going to be taken care of. God was going to have his vengeance against them. He was going to deal with them. He was going to defeat them. Not through war with the flesh, but through something called love, sacrifice, something innocent. He had already proven in the garden to cover and help these precious, precious spiritual children. Something innocent had to die. He was going to use that pattern again. A spiritual day that we learn later on did come. Oh, we thought it maybe was the cross, but that wasn't the day. Because he died. This young man named Christ Jesus, his spirit left his body. His heart stopped. His physical body died. His soul died. And his spirit filled with all the sin and rebellion of all of humanity went to hell and was being punished. Oh, Satan said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't him. He's just like everybody else. This ain't the one. Even though he'd healed the sick, cast out some of Satan's demonic spirits, a lot of people were doing deliverance work. They weren't using Jesus' name. Well, there wasn't anything abnormal to Satan. Healings. Well, they had healers. They had magicians. They had seen power. They had, had, they had heard other preaching from people. They were the king, the chosen one, the Christ. They were the freedom fighters to set people free. Spartacus. Ben-Hur, he had seen them all. He had seen John the Baptist out there preaching. Satan knew a baby was coming. He'd heard it. They kept killing babies. Anybody that rose up in rebellion against whether it was Rome or whoever, the Persians, tried the 300, the Spartan movie with Gerald Butler. Excellent. The old demonic king of kings and lords of lords of Persia going to come against you. Because if he doesn't, then he is threatened. This is a battle, if you notice I got a crown on. This is a battle of kingdoms. This is a battle of kings. For territory, land, people. One wants to set some free. One wants to control and hang on. We got war coming. All here on planet earth. So this Satan knew. Someday. Somebody's coming. And it's going to come through a woman. So do you think he likes women or children? Because any one of them could be the one that would give birth. To a child. That would crush his head. So he lived in fear. That's why we have a lot of abortion. 
Because any one of them could be a freedom fighter. Rise up. Speak with power. And people would be set free. So you see in a lot of countries and governments, they crush it. They forbid you to protest. If you speak up, they lock you away. They put you in internment camps. They're not going to have it. That's the hand of Satan at work. The hand of fear, of control through the government. So this God, back in Genesis, he prophetically said, I will have a day of vengeance against you, Satan. It's coming. So here comes thousands of years and Isaiah prophesies. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The word. It's upon something I sent. And it will bring my spiritual vengeance on you Satan. And this vengeance that I'm going to have against you. This defeat for what you did back in the garden. It will bring comfort to those who are mourning under your hand of slavery and captivity. How do you think most of humanity feels that are enslaved by their governments or concepts or ideas or faith or religion or customs or ancestors? They're mourning. They are not free. And he says, my day's coming. This was prophetic. Satan's here and again through this prophet Isaiah. I will have my day of spiritual vengeance. It will be a day of great announcement. God was always prophetically talking. When he's speaking through Isaiah, he is actually having this man the spirit proclaim and decree on earth what was coming because that is how it works you must decree something declare it it sets it into law now I'm going to follow two scripture references out for you so you get a little better idea of what this means how it would look like Spiritually, we're going to go to Leviticus 25 9. I got it marked here. Well, I thought I did. Let me see if I can find it here. Oh, turned to the wrong page. All right, 25 9. This is the Old Testament. This is God talking to flesh creatures. They did not have the Holy Spirit. Were not born again. But they had come out of Egypt. So here's what he says. 25.9 And this relates to Isaiah 61 verse 2. How the proclamation of this acceptable, timely, waited for, spiritual vengeance of this God against Satan and the demons and the darkness and sin and death and the grave would occur 
on earth, what it would sound like spiritually. Leviticus 25.9 Then, at that time, at that acceptable year, that acceptable age and time of my spiritual vengeance, you shall cause, that means God himself, shall cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. Trumpets and jubilee atonement were coming. What this was saying was up in heaven the angels were going to be blowing the trumpet. They're going to be sounding the jubilee. They were going to be happy. A day of atonement. A day of forgiveness. But first, the battle. First, this God had to come and have his spiritual vengeance. But all the angels that were still serving God, they would be joyful. There would be jubilee up in heaven. For the king had risen up. It was getting closer. Time had come. Now remember, all of humanity, from that point backwards, even to Adam, they were locked in prison cells in a part of hell. The keys were in Satan's hands. They were dead and still separated to this loving father. They could not come out yet. They had not been reborn They had not had the light brought back into them. The spirit of God. They were held in captivity. They were mourning. Crying, when God, when are you coming? When can we be free and back in the garden? They had heard. Adam had heard the prophecy that he was, something was coming. A seed was going to crush the head of the serpent. And when Adam finally died and Noah, they all went into this place down in hell, one of the parts. They didn't have the keys. They were in prison cells, mourning and crying out. They were being tortured, lived in darkness, and the demons were everywhere. They couldn't get out, their hearts were broken. Sort of a good example to see this is Ben Hur again, his mama, sister, Tirsa, locked in a dungeon for five years. Another one is the Hobbit. When they go into the Wood Elf's realm and they get thrown into prison, there wasn't any use fighting to get out without the keys. They were in supernatural prisons. And there are those those same kind of prisons for your heart, your spirit, your soul. So we had all the people from before the flood, after the flood. Every nation, all of humanity had a spirit. 
They were all down there. God said, they're mourning. Waiting. Then all of humanity who were still alive, their spirits were mourning and crying and grieving. Somehow they knew that this something was going to have its head crushed. And freedom was going to come. They didn't even know what freedom was anymore. But when this was announced, we're one step closer. Remember, at that time, God spoke to Satan inside a serpent, to Adam and woman. Now he's speaking to all of humanity, to all of kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven started blowing the trumpets the sound was coming there would be a jubilee a sound of rejoicing and the land of heaven was sounding the alarm maybe it was a ram's horn don't know then what happens? Malachi 4 1. It says, For behold, the day comes, it hasn't arrived yet, that shall burn as an oven. Well, who's that to? When God sends his vengeance, it is a fire of righteousness and holiness. And freedom. Who's that going to be against? Who do you think? Satan and all his demons. And death and hell itself. And all the proud. Who do you think that was? That's right. And all that do wickedly. Now some people interpret that to be the human spirit. The human spirit was doing wicked, but God would not do that. He's going after the demons who are forcing the human spirit. They are in darkness and ignorance. But he's going to come against that wickedness of the demonic image and likeness and nature of Satan and of the soul, the flesh creatures. And he is going to do some stuff. And all these demonics and all this hate and death and hell in the grave. It shall just be stubble, burned up, destroyed, no more. On this day of vengeance. On this day of jubilee and the trumpets blaring, roaring in heaven. And when that day comes, it says, it shall burn them up. Well, what's going to get burned up? How about hell? Death and the grave. Sin. Rebellion. Those that were behind it. Satan and his demons. Oh, they're still here. So God's talking in a strange language. But from his eyes, when the fire of righteousness and burning love of agape reaches down 
some stuff gonna burn up. And who's saying this to us? The Lord of hosts, the Lord of the army of the kingdom of heaven, the mighty king and warrior. We're going to have some war for sure. It's not like the kind of war that we see in the natural with bows and arrows and tanks and guns and a top. It's a different kind of war. God doesn't really have to fight. He just has to breathe sometimes. He'll send forth his angels. They'll do business for him. That this Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root or branch. This vengeance was going to be so powerful that these wicked things, these demonics, this hell, death, and the grave that was holding these precious spiritual children in mourning, there'd be no root left of them. There'd be nothing tying them, bonding them to that. They would be free. Through the spirit of the Lord that was upon something that was sent into this world. War was coming. Now Isaiah doesn't talk exactly how it's going to happen. Satan was probably assuming it's war like everything else between all the nations and the armies. Elephants and spears and bows and arrows and swords and guns and knives. So he was always at war. Anybody that was challenging him. We see a great war, World War One, World War Two. Germany, the heart of Germany, it is not nice. It comes back from the deep, deep Roman Empire and even beyond that. And it wants to enslave people. Well, it tried it, World War Two, And a day of vengeance came called D-Day. And it came. And life was coming back to nations and people. Hope was coming alive. Was that the kind of day of vengeance that this God was talking about? With tanks and guns and people dying? But to set the continent of Europe free. Special people who loved freedom. And loved other people would sacrifice themselves to set them free from the power of this spiritual stuff in Germany. And when that was defeated, Germany did not stop. It came back with, well, why don't we have some trade deals? Form our European Union. And we'll just all, if we just be nice to each other trade with each other then we won't try to come and steal your goods that's not what World War II was about World War II was about dominance of a certain group of people who believed they were the master race and only special people with certain kind of bloodlines would rule the world it wasn't about trade but Germany's people used that to continue because they lost the land and the people. So they came back and said, well, we won't do that again if we have some free trade agreements. Then slowly over 70 years, 
They took the money. They locked up people and all kinds of stuff and tried to create a global country with citizens. And it's in a mess right now. People are starting to see that this is not right. God had set people in nations. God is to rule them, not this European Union. Europe was never established that way. United States was. But we had a civil war to fight and to keep it together. So that was a time of great vengeance against control, brutality. See, when you are a leader and you go on this tangent to control people, which is satanic, in nature you will kill people enslave them lie cheat and deceive because the lust of the eyes and the lust of the heart is burning more 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 and if somebody tries to break free war will break out so here in Isaiah 62 this is a continuation of somebody's coming now Satan is hearing more because Satan he got wild and crazy before the flood there was no government no control these demons went bonkers the animals went by and God wiped them out so Satan said well I ain't gonna work some of my best guys came down here took on human form they had sex with these ladies some giants got created and uh, they got wiped out we better get organized so they organized and they started rebuilding and now they're here been here now they're so embedded they're hiding behind the shadows hiding behind the press hiding behind lies and treaties they're here they're hiding behind ideas and schools and thoughts hiding but we hear them because it's coming out through the souls it's coming out we hear it all the time but we always wonder why there are so many people following a god anyway there's so many gods out there why did Allah have to come along he came along 600 years after this day of vengeance 600 years what happened the day of vengeance came Satan lost he was losing so he went off into a country that had not yet heard about this that civilization had not yet reached and he found Muhammad a guy that used to I believe had seizures not sure why and he went off in a cave he saw some visions but we don't think Muhammad was mentally ill or hallucinating or delusional he saw some angel got the Quran wrote it up and people were believing in gods they had their own ancestors for each city and what Satan had learned is after this day of vengeance that he had been exposed to and people had gotten set free out of hell and the uh prison cells he realized he better do something so he said well there's a whole group of people 
that haven't heard about this Christ Jesus yet. There wasn't the internet, you know. And so I will form a one God. I'll use the Old Testament. This God of the Old Testament. And then I will force through violence and submission and control them to believe in this one God. I actually did a study of this of the star and the moon. Very interesting. And we will do what they did in the Old Testament. Now they know about Abraham. They know about Ishmael. They know about Isaac. They know about this Jesus. He was a teacher and a prophet. But the son of the living God? So Satan took some stuff. Created his own kingdom. His own religion. And put himself there. And then they stayed in the Old Testament. Years and years and thousands of years and wars. You know how Muhammad spread it throughout uh, over there? By the sword. Of course, the Catholic Church did the same thing during the Crusades. That's not how God worked. God worked through love. He worked secretively in the spirit. So, there's a mess out there. So, this video was, we're working through Isaiah 61. Isaiah's prophesying. Some day of vengeance is just about here. It's not here yet in Isaiah. So, when this young Jesus guy comes out and he starts saying, goes into the synagogue and he reads Isaiah 61, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sits down, he says, Today. In your hearing has this scripture been fulfilled. They knew what that meant. That God had come. And the spirit of the Lord was upon him. I'm going to tell you the same thing. Today in your hearing is this scripture fulfilled. The war has been won. The day of vengeance has come. The burning up of the roots and the branches of this kingdom of darkness has occurred the prisoners from down in hell have been released the trumpets are sounding the door is opened all of you who are mourning you can be free the battle has already been won of course Satan doesn't want you to know that You can be free of the flesh. You can take off the burkas of your spirit. We can do a Hebrews 4.12 if you want it. And you can be divorced and have the foreskin of the flesh cut off. You can become my spiritual child. And I will cuddle you and raise you up. So you can learn and then meet this mighty father. These were words of prophetic. To some people, they need to hear it. It has not happened to them yet. The battles are still on. Even though Satan knows he's defeated, he already been there, done that. But as long as he can keep you spiritually ignorant of it, locked away in his kingdom, cells, and prisons, and not allow the truth and the light to come. 
then he feels safe. So you know what this God does? He goes and visits them in their dreams. Satan can't stop it. I go into dreams. I can travel anywhere in the world. I don't need passports. Don't need a plane. I can be anywhere. I can go in the refugee camps. Been going there for a long time. I can go behind the burkas. I can go any, into any mosque. And I can preach. From in front of there. There's no place that a spirit cannot travel. Now if you're still in the darkness. You can't quite get on up. In certain light yet. But I can take you there. If you want to go see the throne room. If you want to go meet this guy. Before you actually believe in him. I can take you there. I've taken many people. Let me tell you a story about Isaac. Isaac was a high priest. He found this love I was carrying. Became my spiritual child. And one day I was sitting in a chair. And he comes to me. I say take my hand. Boom we are gone. Spiritually. To the throne room of God. There he meets. The king of kings. And the lord of lords. Why do you think some human beings say that? Because they're trying to be. And Satan too. You watch the 300. You listen. The king of kings and the lord of lords. Coming against the 300. But I love what. Gerald Butler's wife said. Don't think of yourself. What would a free man do? 300 went to hold down the fort so the other Spartans and Greeks could rise up. They sacrificed their life. They were trained warriors. They looked at death as a glorious event. They were saving their nation and their country from a tyrant who was moving through like a scourge, like a pack of wolves. So what happens with Isaac? I take him to the throne room. Oh, he'd been to a throne room where Satan sits on the throne with flames and fire and demons. There's a lot of good movies, a lot of graphic artists say. Oh, he's been there. But he never been to this one. A place of glory and honor. And he met Christ Jesus and his Father himself in the throne room. He was off grid. Unplugged, got in trouble, put on the altar because the demons have a system. We sort of see it being developed right now with Facebook. They're going to develop some app that if you've had coronavirus and you put your information in, they can track you wherever you go or your phone goes. So inside of Isaac was some kind of spiritual demon and GPS, and you got dropped off. So when he went to the throne room, they didn't know where he was. They couldn't find him. He wasn't anywhere on planet Earth. He wasn't in the kingdom of darkness. So they were going to kill him. Because the spirit is not allowed off the ranch. It's not allowed to go anywhere. It's not allowed to go check out the other side. Go into the light. It means death. Because Satan knows if they do that. And they know that everything Satan has told them. Is a lie. This guy is alive. He has power. He has a king. There is somebody else. So sometimes you just need a contrast. So here in Isaiah 61, we are learning. We're listening carefully to the Holy Spirit talk to us through Isaiah. 
prophesying, decreeing, telling us, following the scripture passage, what is this day going to be like? Why is it coming? Who is it for? We have this God who's going to come as a healer, comforter, but he's going to come as a mighty warrior. Just think about World War II. We had soldiers that would go and shoot Germans. But they'd hand out candy to the children. You can be both a king and a warrior against an enemy and a loving, kind person to those who you are freeing. It takes both. When you have to fight, you better have some General Patton in you. Or Bradley. You better be an Eisenhower with great talent and skills. Or a Montgomery. You better be a tough submariner. A special ops. You better be able to lay your life down. Crawl over and fall on a grenade. Great movie that just came out by Mel Gibson. Hacksaw Ridge. True story. About a young guy with a conscientious objector. But he became a medic. They were going to take this hill, this ridge. The Japanese were there. Everybody left. And he cries out to God, God, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? And then he hears the man cry, Please help me, I'm over here. And he goes, I got it. So he crawls through the bombs. He gets this American soldier who's wounded and pulls him and drags him, lowers him down this cliff. And then he said, oh, please, God, let me get just one more. All night long he did this. He even got some Japanese. And these wounded people kept coming down the cliff. When they finally realized he was up there, and when he knew it was time, he came down himself. He had served. He had saved people at great risk. And then the next day, they were ordered to take that hill. But the men were not going to move until this young man, this medic, finished praying for all of them. Because they found this God that kept him alive. And they weren't going to budge until this young man who had proven himself in the battle was finished praying. Then they would go. You have to be tough against the enemy. And yet loving to the children that are being held captive. You have to be able to bring chocolate and peace to those who have been held captive by the enemy. You see that in World War II. We bombed the hell out of Berlin. And then we turned around and we rebuilt it. Because what happens to defeat the enemy? You must take territory. You must destroy his fortresses. And in the spirit, you must take the human spirit's mind and heart. You must capture it by love. It must freely want to come into this kingdom of life and love. It'll be afraid. That's how this war 
So how do you think we'll have to get to? How did that day of vengeance, what did it look like? The trumpets were sounding. They were waiting for that day. Remember, a seed was coming. A child was going to come through a woman. Satan knew that. We also know, we've heard he's coming again. Why do you think there's so much killing of babies, destroying them? The control of women. He doesn't know who is going to have this child. Where it's going to come from. But he knows when it comes again, it's over with. So he's fighting. He's fighting back. He lost round one on a cross. He lost round two in hell when this young man got the Holy Spirit back and let all the prisoners go and then gave all humanity the keys to hell, death, and the grave. Now there's a round three. It's coming again for a final defeat. So he's working hard against that day. He's trying to hold out in people's hearts and mind, using everything he can. The press, the media, movies, politicians, trade deals, governments, threats and intimidation. He's trying to hang on to his territory. The earth that's not his. He didn't create it. Wasn't given to him. He's trying to hang on to the resources, the animals and the creatures. He's trying to hang on to his government that has no God in it. Or it's so perverted that it isn't godly at all anymore. He's trying to hang on to the governing system, the darkness and the ignorance that is on this earth. That blinds the men and the souls to truth and light. We are in a war. You had better be a tough soldier. And yet, a loving mother. One who can bring chocolate and sweetness. But one who will lay down your life. Give up everything that the world thinks is important to set those that are mourning free. To set the prisoners free spiritually. So I wanted to bring this to you. This is my second one. I'm going to go edit them, put them up. I'm waiting to hear from the vet about this last cat. I think I got one more. So be encouraged. Go slow through the word. Just take one little thing. Follow the scripture references. What? Uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, I just had a question. Would I pray for them to come out? Yes, I will. Father, your word says that your day of vengeance has come. It was on a cross. You went into hell. You set the captives free. You brought your gift of agape love and life. And right now, to anybody who's listening, the door is opened. The victory's been won for you. Just take the gift. Receive it in yourself. Believe. And boom. The 
darkness is gone. Your little spirit will be set free. A Hebrews 4.12 will occur. And I am your spiritual mother. It's not hard. The hard part's been done. Father put a shield of protection around them. For when the enemy finds out that he's lost. Another one. To your love. To the war that he lost. Let the trumpet sound in heaven. And the angels dance and rejoice. That another one of your children. Have been set free. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Welcome. To freedom. Welcome. Into the kingdom. You want to go to the throne room? You are quite well. Take that highway right up there. And you will meet him. And meet all the angels. And many many people. You'll come back. Because if your time is not to go. You ain't going anywhere. But if it is your time, you may stay and enjoy the peace. A lot of people up there don't know where they all fit. Did they go all the way back to the very beginning, the garden? Yep, they're all there. You'll get to meet all of them. Might take you a long time, but then one day, we're told, a new earth is going to happen. This one's going to blow up to be destroyed. We're going to have a brand new earth. We're going to start over and be the original spiritual beings on a brand new earth like we were supposed to. And God's going to finally get what he wants. He's going to have his place where we are and we're going to be here. So don't get too used to heaven. You're not going to stay there forever. But while you're there, learn, go to school, a lot of teaching going on. Grow and learn. Because you're coming back to a new earth. And you're going to live all eternity. Doing what? Bringing the glory that you have. Into the throne room. Of God that's on earth. It's going to be a long road we got to go. We might even get to go out to some new planets. Like Star Trek. Find some new creatures. But learn and grow. Put your crown on. Think of yourself as a king. Royalty. Put your crown back on. Be comfortable in a throne room. Study kings and queens. Learn about authority and warriors. And learn about mercy. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah. And this is another global teleministry video. Of Agape Love. Love is here. Bye to you. See you again.